This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Fill her up! You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Ladies and gentlemen, your host for the House of Hardcore podcast, Tommy Dreamer! Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the House of Hardcore podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Dreamer, and this week it's a throwback for me, but I had to go with someone who was a heartthrob, Antonio Thomas. How are you today? I'm very good, Tommy. Thank you. You, you uh, look fabulous. You're still I, a heartthrob. I am. I got a, a, you know, when your tag team partner had a 24 pack, you got to, uh, you got to keep up. Yeah, so, man. I think you were unofficially the third heartthrob. I was. I was the heavy set brother. You guys <laughs> wanted to acknowledge. I was the one that would have. We had to go on Simon Dean's system or play by Buddy Rose's blow away diet. Oh. Um. All right. Here's a question I ask all my guests when they come on. What got you hooked on the wonderful world of professional wrestling? Um, I was like seven or eight years old and just uh, WWF was running wild with Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling, the, the LJN action figures. Um, all the kids at school were talking about it, um, even though <clears throat> outside of school, they didn't want to admit it. Uh, um. But um, yeah, I just started secretly like I was embarrassed to watch in front of my mom. So I would like go and watch USA Network. My older cousins were like eight or nine years older. They would always, <clears throat> you know, Saturday mornings, Saturday afternoons. So, you know, I think it was the end when the, the rock, the first album came out. The Land of a Thousand Dances, whatever that was, uh, TNT Tuesday Nights. And then when King Kong Bundy splashed Hogan and injured his ribs, that I cried. I Seriously, I cried because, you know, you lived and died with your hero yeah. every match. So, yeah, that's that's what got me hooked. Was Hulk your, your guy growing up? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Hulk Hogan. Um, and then I found the NWA. So obviously like Ric Flair and the Horsemen, because to a chubby fat kid, they were cool and you wanted to be like that. And then obviously, as I got a little older, Ultimate Warrior, Sid, Sting, everybody wants to go back and say, oh, I love the workers. I love... Which you did. I love Ricky Steamboat, love Savage, love Tito Santana. But um, 
you know, it was it was Hogan that got me hooked, and uh, then kind of flipped it, started liking the heel demolition when um, uh, they beat Strike Force, and then Ric Flair, Mister Perfect, DiBiase. I was Ted DiBiase for Halloween <laughs> one year. My mom, yeah, my mom made me when I was in sixth grade. I think my mom made me a, a an outfit and. Uh, those those guys were cool. That's who you wanted yeah. to be. You're just a chubby little kid, you know, stuck in left field. He's not that athletic at the time. And, you know, those guys are you want to be like that. So yeah, that's that's what got me hooked. I was uh Alpha of the Wild Samoans one year. <laughs> and I was also in high school, I wanna say like either sixteen or seventeen, I was a Road Warrior animal. Well, well, that's a badass. That's yeah. that's Faith, great. Pain, everything, and yeah. walked around school like I was like jacked like them. I was the best. <laughs> um. So how do you now? It's interesting because I didn't know this about you. You said you were a chubby kid. Um. Welcome to my world. Um. <laughs> I remember you. Oh, you're always in shape. You're in better shape now. Like you're lean, but you were thicker. Um, so like, how did this transformation or when did this transformation happen? Uh, um, so yeah, I was, I was always shopping in the Husky aisle with, uh, with those, those jeans and the pants and Sears corduroys. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and playing tag at recess sucked because you were always it. Um, yeah, probably till about seventh grade. And then uh, um, grew a little, but was still kind of scrawny. Was about a hundred pounds, five feet. My first day of freshman year in high school, and loved basketball. Played basketball freshman and sophomore year, but it just, you know, I wanted to wrestle. I said, "Why?" You know, people laughed at me. Hey, you're a hundred pounds. You're five feet at the time. Um, but I was like, that's it's on me. I don't have to rely on teammates. I don't have to remember plays or anything like that. I was just a stupid high school kid, you know, you 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 know, you don't know any better because right. you're just a baby. So um I, you know, I was never, you know, being five ten, you're never gonna be six five. So I said, I, I'm gonna try to get in the best shape as I can. I'm gonna run, I'm gonna lift. I uh, started going to the gym with my friends. Um, it was just always, always playing sports, but then just kind of focusing on, I knew my mom was a teacher, so I knew she was gonna, I was the worst student ever, ever. And I'm a teacher now, go figure. But I knew that I had, you know, I had a short-term plan to look good, try to look good for the girls in high school, but then I had a long-term six-year plan um after high school to be in shape i'm sorry after college because then i wanted to go into wrestling and you know i i knew in high school i said this is this is what uh i at least got to try nice uh how do you get into wrestling um well i took the six-year plan in college and uh i was on the five i (laughs) that's okay (laughs) um no, I uh, always heard of Killer Kowalski school. Um, this was 2000. So we just got in our first laptop 
as a family, uh, laptop, desktop. <clears throat> so it was UPW in California. And then it was pretty much Kowalski's out here. So just kind of did some digging, found another, there was no website back then. Right. So I had to kind of just looked around and found um, the number there, called, went down. Um, they're like, why don't you come down first? But I'm like, listen, I got my 2,500 in my head. I'm like, listen, I'm joining either way. So, um, drove down there two hours, um, and started and that was January, 2001. Nice. Uh, loved killer, man. He would always come to ECW yeah. shows. Yeah. Uh, excellent trainer and has produced a lot, a lot of great talents. Uh, everybody who came out of there, the majority of the people that I've dealt with over the years all could work. Yeah, um, no, it was old school training. Yeah, he would sit there, but then he would be like, stop, stop. <laughs> and he would say, I learned this on Carpentier in Montreal in 53 or whatever. And and yeah, it was when I got there, the first person I met walking up that staircase was Chris Nowinski. Uh, John Walters was there. Ken, 14-year-old Ken Doan would come on uh the weekends with his older brother, um, Wagner Brown, um, Aaron Stevens, later Damian Sandow. And then, yeah, that kind of kicked off a whole bunch of people from New England the next 20 years. Yeah, man. Uh, I remember Paul used to always give Walter uh, pay when he would come up to ECW. Yep. And he'd always try to use his guys and he would get everybody in the ring beforehand. We used to do that. We were the first like wrestling company to really put everybody in the ring beforehand, open tryouts. Yeah. Uh, Killer would hold class. And like, this is like 1996. I'm Tommy dreamer. And I'm like, you know, top guy, whatever. And Walt's like, get in here. And of course, yes, sir. I get in there. <laughs> and he's teaching the, I call it the triple H, the China over the top rope bump back, back, yeah, yeah. drill. Oh, the Kowalski bump. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, I could do this, dude. I hit it as hard as I could go over the top rope. And when I tell you, I thought I fractured my hip on that apron. Oh, no, And I, I was like, okay. And like, I had to work that night and I was more pain from that one drill than friggin' my actual match. Three months in, I took that and I thought I broke my rib. I couldn't breathe. It was, uh, I, uh, fracture you know hairline fracture in my rib but i was like i had to take six weeks off and yeah. I was, at least and uh, i was like oh my god you know all these thoughts go into your mind oh my god is this jeez is this for me like i you know it was it was tough but yeah it was uh that bump the kowalski bump we call it so yep <laughs> the um that first injury when you start wrestling man it's the scariest thing yeah. And uh, I remember mine was my back and uh, Damien Demento rammed me into the apron yeah. and I really did hurt my lower back. Yeah. And we were wrestling in a boxing ring. And when I tell you, like, then fear sets in of doing the same bump yeah. or same maneuver. And that's where you always like, and, and we'll go back to this, but like you're training guys, you have to break them of that fear and that bad habit. Cause everything that you do in wrestling is unnatural to your body, like yeah. fall backwards without putting your hands down, fall forward without putting your hands down. That's not normal, but yet we do it 
thousands upon thousands of times. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it was very scary. I didn't know I, this was like my dream, but I'm like, geez, I don't, I don't know. I was like, I want to at least have one match, but I was like, you know, and just not to mention other things like, you know, just like you said, bumps and just, it's, you're used to being athletic in a certain way, playing other sports, and then you're doing all these unnatural things. And, um, you know, I had a little bit of amateur wrestling in high school, but it wasn't, I didn't have a pedigree to where it was. And I didn't even think like, Hey, just, this is all, you know, amateur judo. It's all the same family. Just, just work it and just fall like you would, you know, Agreed. It's, it's, it's that mental thing. You gotta, you you gotta let go. Um, so you're working indies. What is your path to the WWE? Because I didn't hire you. I inherited you. (laughs) Um, sorry. Uh, I'd say sorry. We've been friends ever since. Yeah, No, no, no. And Uh, randomly, like of all the people that I, I actually hired, I probably talked to you more than anybody. Wow. While we're in, the, the fantasy league. Oh, where well, I'm going to get to your pro. I'm going to put you over. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I just started. Um, I just started. I started training. You know, when I got hurt, I found out there was a there was a guy 10 minutes from me that was training people. He ended up, you know, smart Mark Sterling was there. Uh, Roselli was training there. Um, Sasha Banks, husband, who's now the, the gear maker for WWE. He was training there so we all had our first matches we ended up having our first matches together so there was like this little community of wrestlers that were going there and i just start to set up rings and then through there um just being in shape just having gear um just showing up saying hi you know showing your face had my first match uh september 15th 2001 right after 9-11 and then just started kind of finding my way around new england setting up the rings um i was working as a substitute teacher so i jet out of school on fridays early and or sometimes call out and uh you know just even wasn't even booked just going with my friends who were booked to different shows maine everywhere and Anyway, uh, Dr. Tom started doing started, – did the first ever Dr. Tom camp from Mike Spada and uh, went to that. And then I did every – pretty much every Dr. Tom camp after that. And at that time, I started training with Steve Bradley. He had come back to the area. So I'd go up. I'd train a couple. I'd go to Chaotic, which was where Kowalski's went. I would go to Steve's. I would train near me. Um and then finally, Dr. Tom called me in July of 2004. Hey, come to Manchester and uh, Providence for Raw and SmackDown. And um, had a match with John Walters. And Arn saw it, liked it. Um, well, actually, we worked out in the ring. Arn liked, stopped it. Liked me, like john because he'd seen john before this was my first time there so he gets us a dark match we have a dark match and i get to the back and um 
he's he's sitting there in gorilla like this and he puts his hand out like that iron wet iron fashion goes congratulate looks down his glasses congratulations might just got yourself a job and uh, i'm like okay i popped one of my wrestling idols growing up here this is okay i pleased him got to the back and john laurinitis said hey i want to see you brought me into a room with jr um because i believe this was right when jr was transitioning john right and said hey we want to offer you vince saw you on the, the monitor and uh you know, you come recommended by Arn, but Vince saw you. Vince doesn't walk by the monitor all the time. So we'd like to offer you a contract and go down to OBW. And I was unemployed at the time. I was a substitute teacher. It was the summer. You know, I had to borrow money to get a new gear bag and buy some <laughs> biz, some business casual clothes. Right. Um, and then, yeah, a month wow. later, I showed up. I showed up in OVW and uh shortly after I saw you at the Gold's gym. Uh we get the free membership <laughs> from the Suburban Lodge yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh if I could backtrack, that's an amazing story. A lot of guys get a, a bunch of looks before um they get hired. And the other part of it now they, you know, you get a look and then they'll bring you to um the PC center. Well that's really, really cool that you that happened for you. Um it's it's kind it was- of an unheard unheard tale it was too it, early. it was too early it was way too early for me because emotional like i never moved away from home i never lived right away from the area um you know you're in your mid-20s and you're you're still like a you're still like a baby i mean i grew up a mama's boy and uh it was it was culture shock especially you know louisville's not deep deep south but it's it's different than the northeast oh and, yeah I just wasn't, my career was kind of been in backwards because it's like I got to WWE first. I did all the Northeast Indies from 2001 to 2004. So, but Japan, Europe, um, Ring of Honor, doing all traveling and learning these different pieces, that didn't happen until after WWE. Right. Well, yeah, if I could go back, uh, I remember. I, it's funny when you say about that golds because like, yeah, we'd all go there and then we'd go to practice. I then inherit OVW from Dr. Tom and a shout out to Dr. Tom. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, Dr. Tom invented the pro wrestling seminar. Yep. He was the first guy to ever do them. You, I see them all the time now. I see people who I'm like, who's this person doing a seminar? I don't even know who they are. Right. And yet they're doing a seminar. And Dr. Um, Tom got in there with everybody. He oh, yeah. The flip bumps. He locked up with you that first seminar. We had Rob Echoes was there, uh, Josh Daniels, uh, myself, Romeo. There was a lot of guys, guys from all over New York, the Northeast, yep. were there. And uh, he did everything in the ring with you. And I know he probably still does. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot. He still stuff. has his school, but man, he yeah. got. He invented that. I always say Colt Cabana is the innovator of the uh, wrestler podcast. And. Dr. Tom is the innovator of the um, the wrestler seminar. And it's brilliant because, I mean, like you said, even for your age, for my age, there was not a lot of information for how you get out. Now, like I see him all the time. If you want to be a wrestler, like as we're doing this, I'm doing a, a seminar 
on Friday and I've hired people because they've taken great bumps. I've, I've recommended people like, Hey, you know who this person would be like, Hey, there's this guy. We need extras in this area. Like they're so good to attend because you never know how, you know, you're going to connect and make those connections in the industry. Because again, like you said, you had to look up where a wrestling school was me forget about it It was even harder, but like Mm -hmm. it's, you make these early connections or if you are in good shape and you impress, I mean that I know for a fact you're, you're in good shape. Vince walked by the monitor said, man, there's a guy who's in good shape. He's not a bad worker. Let's develop him. It's that simple. And uh, like, that's how quickly that happens. And if you're not in that great shape or, you know, you could be a better worker, but not in good shape, eh, let him like want it and be hungry for, you know, it another time. So that's why they take multiple looks. So it's cool that you got that. Um, and, and you said about the maturity factor. Now I'll tell you from my point of memory you, when you called me up at the office to introduce yourself to me, when I already like had met you and you're like, I'm the guy who's hurt. <laughs> and I was like, I know who you are, dude. And you're like, well, you know, you always, uh, you know, cause I didn't, I, I, you can't spend as much time with everyone, but then we just had, oh, this, no. but introducing yourself to me as the guy who's always hurt popped me and uh because you were hurt a lot of the time when you were down there i I never aside from that thing at kowalski's i'd never gotten injured i popped my bursa sack like three times in my elbow then i um something with my tore my hip muscle and i'm like i'm sitting there in the suburban lodge i'm going and watching practice it was miserable. And I was the new guy for yeah. until Chili Willy got there. Um, and no, like this was there were 20, 25 guys and girls under contract at the time. Yep. So it wasn't like people were, it was a revolving door of people coming yeah. in. So I was just like, who's this clown? Like, why does this guy have what's so special about him? Why is he here? So, it was, it was very tough. But yeah, that sounds like something I would do and introduce <laughs> myself. That, seriously, that's how I remember it. I was like, man, I got to bring this story up when, uh, when I talk to you. Ever have a friend that has a guy? Nobody can find something, but your friend has a guy? Well, I've got your guy for auto parts, and it's rockauto.com. They've been in business for 20 years, and while other businesses in the country might be raising prices or low on stock when it comes to auto parts, you've now got a guy. I'm telling you, rockauto.com has the auto parts you need in stock at reliably low prices. If you got a used car, it's probably appreciated in value. The car market is hot, which is why now is the time to keep your car well-maintained. It feels good knowing you're driving a reliable car, and rockauto.com makes it easy with every part you need at low prices. So check out rockauto.com if you're looking for auto parts. Rock Auto is your guy. And let them know we sent you by. At checkout, yell at them. And I know about this from the House of Hardcore podcast. I'm only kidding. Kind of not. There's a box to put it in our show name. Once more, rockauto.com with all auto parts you need at amazing prices. Now let's get back to the show. So you're in developmental. And I, and like I remember now you're starting to make your strides. You, you still, I also remember you had like, or it was either you or John that had a shoulder injury. That was John. Um, okay. John, yeah. Um. So how do you like, and, and for those of you who don't know, if you could describe the developmental system back then, 
But like when you're saying you're you're not used to it, you're literally bumping and practicing every day. You're getting paid to do it. Yeah. But and there's tape study. It's so much different now. I I don't know. I'm not part of the PC. Haven't never been. Love to go, but it's back then. I know you had like they also had the amateur classes that Rip Rogers was helping out with, and then Mondo Mondo did the beginner class um, or contract class. So, um, yeah, it was. um, We had Lance for two weeks on, and then we got. Bill DeMott, when he first started there, my first week was um, when Bill was there. And, you know, that was that was hard training. I ended up loving, you know, I'm not going to get into whatever, you know. Right. I ended up loving Bill because once, once, you know, he knew he could go to war with you or he could put his name on you and, you know, he was cool. That, you know, so um, and he was very supportive and I know he supported a lot of my friends. So, um, you know, it would be two weeks with Lance and then one week with Bill. And then sometimes when, if they weren't there, Jeter or Joey Mercury would run class. Um, Rip did, God, I think they fired Rip like before Lance got there, but he still did the right dinner class at night. Mondo did the non-contract class in the morning. So, um, you did that, you know, practice could be anywhere from three to four hours to six hours. You spent an eight hour day there because whether it was, you know, we do a little mini shows or doing matches or, um, you know, there was something different. You were getting work in the ring. It doesn't mean you were bumping, uh, nonstop. Some practices were like that. Um, not many, just at the beginning, maybe for, you know, just a little bit at the beginning right. I was there. But it was, you know, Monday, Tuesday practice. Wednesday was TV night. During the day, Lance would bring Nemeth, Bobby, um, Boogeyman, newer guys and girls there that he was kind of he could work with them. And then Thursday was you'd either have a practice or you'd have a light practice and do, um, you know, just do matches. And then Jimmy would do uh, pay-per-view with you. And that was a PhD in why you do everything you do, why I laid it out like this, why this time. It it was booking. It was working 101. Right. And then you had then you had usually two shows Friday and Saturday or Saturday and Sunday, and you probably get one a day off. But you were wrestling, you know, when you hear Danny Davis or Jimmy talk about it now, it was every day you were doing something. It was like a true territory, and you were getting reps in. You were learning, um, and it was great. And there was one ring, so the PC is like college you got people coming in and out you might never see some people so some people are lifting some people are with this coach some people are with that coach this everybody was around the ring paying attention or you were in the stands watching and digested all that feedback that every single person got so you were learning in infinite ways 
So, me personally, I loved OVW. I loved going there. Um, I had a great time. Um, uh, it was it was my therapy to be away from the office because I was, you know, I missed I missed wrestling, even though I was so involved. With, but I didn't want to be in that position. I still you would do matches. You would do yeah. matches there. Lance would. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And when you say it's funny, like it's like twenty to twenty-five people. I think tops was thirty that were hired, maybe three to four women at a clip, and yeah. it, it again much different times. But it also was very, very in a bit of a family orientated, dysfunctional family. But everyone was cool. There wasn't a lot of drama. It was like we're all starting out on the same field. We all want to get to the same place. And we're going to bond. Like, I remember when there'd, you know, be a pay-per-view on, everyone would get together at somebody's yeah. place and watch a pay-per-view together. It was, it was like paid college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and everyone could work to some yeah. extent. You know, you had uh, Nemeth and Lashley were really the only ones that were being trained from the ground up. But, right. you know, uh, you had Nova there would pop in and out but he was on the main roster at the time but he would come in it you know he was there and had been working 15 years or so already at that time so everybody could work everybody had been working everybody loved wrestling that was there now how do you get a uh, called up or you have success in ovw with uh romeo roselli right. as right. as were you the heartthrobs there we're the heartbreakers that's there. right the heartbreakers yeah and um you have success there, uh, which is cool. You guys always in shape, good workers. How do you get like called up to the main roster? Um, we we're just doing something completely different in OVW. You know, John and I had trained together. I'd known John since before my first match. So we were tagging in the Northeast a lot. And then we brought the idea to Jimmy. And then he's like, ah. You know, Romeo is uh, got him as a heel. Promise you're going to be a baby face. Then he came to us one day and said, I got it. I've been wanting to do it for 20 years. It's going to be like new, fantastic, you know, new fabulous ones. I want you to get boas, red and white tights with lips and hearts on them. I'm going to call you the Heartbreakers. I'm going to put you in Mo Green because Mo Green wasn't doing anything at the time. So I was just like, uh, you know, I was watching Japanese. I was getting my Ring of Honor DVDs from Bill Brown video or from RF video or getting Japanese stuff. And then, you know, John John was so comfortable with the gimmick and it was so different for me. But we just did crazy stuff and it got over. We're maybe the biggest baby faces there in just a couple months. But – and – you know, we all said, hey, we we love it down here. I was st- right. I, I loved it. I got to OVW and I couldn't stand it for two months. It was it was like this is not what I envisioned. But now it was a complete 180. And I'm like, man, let's develop. Give us, let's see where we can go with this. Let's turn then maybe we can turn heel. Let's we can I never really done tag team wrestling, the nuances of it. And they knew, you know. Let's keep him down here. Eight Lance Lance said, you know, Jimmy says, yeah. you know, let's give him eight. These guys are young, they're in shape, they can work, they just need experience. Let's give them time to develop. And when you say that, <laughs> called up to the main <laughs> roster. Yeah, we're gonna call you up, but you can't do anything that 
got you to the dance. Right. So we, you can teach experience. We were prepared. We were always prepared. We knew we were going to get called up. We, you got us a match in Cincinnati Valentine's day that year worked with hurricane and Rosie and Ricky steamboat kind of gave us the Iggy after that. He's like, Hey, he goes, you're, you're going to get called up, but you're going to be heels. So, so we kind of knew a couple months ahead of time that, all right, we got to, you know, so we were as prepared as we could be, but you can't teach experience and you can't, we had no house shows. We debuted Madison yeah. square garden. You called us on a Friday your debut in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> I went out and ran around, literally ran around the parking lot at the Suburban Lodge. That's awesome. And uh, I don't know what your name's going to be, but it's not going to be the Heartbreakers. That's what you said. So, you know, you just you just try to stay afloat when you're in there with, you know, everybody there. You're Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Regal was working. 20 years by that time that was with our first match Tajiri, probably 15 years, you know, everyone there was a, was a man was a seasoned veteran. And we were by far the, the youngest and the, the greenest. And so it was, it was tough. We never looking back on it. I think they just wanted like Hollywood blonde versions of us, like pretty boys not so much doing the gimmick, but we didn't really get any guidance. So we, we did with what we knew and, you know, so, you know, but you, you learn from that. And I wouldn't, oh, yeah. I, wouldn't I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change a thing. Cause it made you hungrier and it made you stronger. Yeah. It wasn't the WWE run that you wanted. Um, but you know, it, Everything works out for a reason. And um, absolutely. I learned your acceleration on the main roster is, you know, you learned a ton at OVW, but then getting in there. Um, and we were doing house shows, all the house shows for six months. So you cannot not get better. And uh, it was great. We were calling, we weren't, we get in there with Hurricane and Rosie not call nothing but the finish because we had our spots. You have your routines, get, get in there with Kate and Murdoch. Uh, music's coming on. Hey, what's the finish? Well, all right, we're going to do this, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it was, it was fun. It started to be fun. You, you, you're walking on eggshells for a while, but then it's <laughs> like, fuck it. We're probably not. Sorry. I didn't know if you could swear. No, you can do whatever like, you want. Listen, we're here for a reason. We're, behind the eight ball already we got nothing to lose, you know? So let's just be ourselves and kind of take control, not be so passive. And you might have to butt some heads, you know, calling matches or even in the ring, but it all worked out at the end. And, you know, we, it's all about your journey, man. And where you are in your yes, life. Yes. Cause uh, like, I remember the other day when I was talking to you, it's more so like if you think about like the day you're released, it's like, oh, like, you know, my world has just been rocked. I don't know what I'm going to do in my life. And that's so far removed from like, I have a family, I have a kid, right. like, like those are like the mm -hmm. real things that matter. Right. Um, 
And like you think about, like you said, when you were a kid, you're a kid, you don't realize it with experience, with age, like you realize like, man, there's going to be ups and downs in life. It's how you deal with them. And, but you know, as long as there's tomorrow, life is always about change and yeah. like your, your problems that you had, you, you said you experienced it. You hated OVW, never been away from house. Then you love OVW. And it's just like, it's like at the end of the day, man, Hey, I'm happy. I have a beautiful family. Life is good. Yeah. no, It took it. All I wanted to do was just wrestle for a living. I didn't need to be a millionaire. I didn't need to, you know, be, everybody says, Oh, you want, you should get out of the business if you don't want to be the world champion. And it's like, yeah, I would have loved to have a WrestleMania. I would have loved to be intercontinental champion, but you know what? Like I got to, see the world on someone else's dime. I got to live and train in Japan. I got to work for, you know, do ring of honor, go to England, go to Europe, go to Puerto Rico, go to all these places. And all I wanted, cause we were, we felt we could never do right by the agents. And I was always very cool with Arn, but obviously that wasn't Arn's vision when he put his stamp of approval on right. me. So I was always looking for that. All I want was that handshake and that respect. You know, you come to the back, Vince gives you that nod, or you get the handshake from your agent, from the person you're working with, and that respect of your peers. That's it. That's it. And just not to have a real job. So <laughs> that was, it didn't have to be in WWE. Yeah, we wanted it there, but when you get released, it sucked and you cry. Um, you think about what you could have done better, but at the same time, it's like, I got a clean slate now. Now let's, let's contact this person. Let's contact, let's, you know, it's on me now. And I want to prove that I just want to prove that I wasn't, the, I wasn't the shits that I could, yeah. could work to some capacity. It's funny. Like you say from developmental, Reminds me a lot of um, the NFL. You're playing in college. You're a star in college. Then you come to the NFL. The game is faster. It's a whole different system. You have to learn on the fly or else that system's just going to eat you up. Um, and it doesn't mean you're not a good enough. You have to be in the right system. There's yeah. also, like you said, experience and like having to deal with it on that level. It's hard. I mean, I went. I went from ECW to WWE and I was eight years in on top in one company. And now I'm back on the bottom in another. And it's just like, all right, wait, I'm having six minute matches that I have very little input or creativity in when I had all my creativity that I wanted in my, you know, in this thing called ECW. So it is much different. Um, And I say this to people in seminars when I do them, it's when you're following your dream, and you've done it. Like you said, you've traveled the world. You, you've wrestled for WWE. You want to uh, open up that encyclopedia that I see it every, because I see you all the time because <laughs> it's the heart throbs or, you know, heavenly um, bodies. And Thomas, I'm Tommy Dreamer. You're Thomas Matera. <laughs> and I always see it in there when people are flipping all the, the, the pages, the promise. Um, so anyway, but like, a lot of people never leave their home. They never leave their home state. 
and yeah. like, or like you had aspirations to do something and, you know, life gets in that way or they just don't do. And I was like, you're already a step above people you went to high school with people you went to grammar school with, like oh, yeah. you actually pursued what you tried to do. And if you fail, okay, but at least you tried because you don't want to have regrets. And like, I don't view like so many people. I mean, like I said, you had a run in WWE, you worked for WWE, you, you did all these things. And then afterwards, with what you learned there, you're still in the wrestling business still, today. Still you like learning. you, you yeah. I I did some research on you and I I knew you went to Japan. I didn't know you were living there. I didn't know, you know, you're tagging with Aki Bono, all this stuff oh, that yeah. you're doing. And I'm just like, wow, like this is that's a cool life experience. Yeah, no, it uh like I said, my career was like in reverse and uh um you know, what is success back, back when we were trying to get signed and when people were trying to get signed and go to OVW, it was like WWE and that's it. It's like, right. Oh God, I got to get to WWE. If I... And so many people from that time, they, when they got released or they didn't make it, they just, you know, they just left the face of the, right. The wrestling universe. They just disappeared or, or worse, you know, and it, to me, it was just about, I just wanted to improve. I wanted to keep learning and, um, being able to go to Japan and train, you know, like living at the dojo, Muda, Muda would walk in in the morning and be like, Oh, oh you know, and he'd be riding the bike in the gym. And, um, it was great. It was, it was awesome to be able to work there for, two years and go and, and, you know, go and live there and meet, see all people I knew from WWE work with Aaron Aguilera, work with Rene Dupree, Jimmy Yang, um, super crazy. Um, be a part of like the super juniors tournament there, work with Kaz Hayashi, train with Kaz because Kaz did most of the training, learn, learn some, you know, teamed with Masakatsu Funaki, um, not the Funaki from WWE, but the guy that, for people listening, the guy that with Minoru Suzuki helped create Pancrase. Yeah. And uh, being able to like learn from him and, you know, uh, Minoru Suzuki was there, Kojima, Teokea, all the like Masafuchi, who I got to work, talk about just what a worker going in the, he was in, I think, the first concession stand brawl. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he Bonita. Uh, yeah, I learned comedy in Japan and then going and just starting to train along the way, help others and train, getting the confidence to say, OK, I think, you know, maybe, you know, I'm OK at this. I can help relay this information to others, what I've learned and um, learning, then continue learning under Les Thatcher and, and um Still doing seminars, you know, Terry Taylor, Terry Taylor would come around news with TNA and it was just, just want to learn. It wasn't being a mark or being like, you know, it was, you want to learn, you want to learn from all these people. Cause that, that working, working, that territory style, those territory guys there 10 years ago, 15 years ago, there were few and far between now they're virtually non-existent so um 
you know, it wrestling wrestling doesn't owe you anything. Um, you can cry because you get released or you can, yeah, it sucks. But if you love wrestling, man, it, it doesn't matter if you're in front of 30 people or 10,000. And there's know? more opportunity now yeah. as opposed to when you did get released. There was, yeah. there's more companies, there's more indies The the businesses, when you were released, the business was on the downslope, but it was just, yeah, the it was just on fire again. Yeah, it was just the the carny, quote unquote carny shows where, you know, I, I love Tony Atlas, but Tony Atlas was like in the main event and you had it wasn't work rate shows. It was right. you know, and then there was Ring of Honor. And then there was a couple others. But also they're not paying as much to you know, you gotta hustle, hustle. Right. You gotta hustle to and you gotta that. you gotta evolve and you gotta change. I knew yep. I didn't want to do the heartthrob thing. And I was, we ended up teaming up. We didn't do the gimmick, but uh, well, no, we did it going back at Chikara, like to that. Cause that was the place to do it. But, um, but yeah, you change and you evolved. And for 10 years, I was just the promise, just solid worker and tights and boots and trying different, throwing different things at the wall and just, you know, I was just like, eh, it was boring to be myself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, the one thing I'll also put you over with is you are a fabulous, fabulous, and as insane as I am, uh, fantasy sports between football and baseball. You're always somebody that I, because uh, we're in a lot of leagues together, but you're always somebody that I'm like, man, you're in, you're in the top echelon always. And I know you do that for fun. I know you've also done podcasts with it. And, uh, you know, it's a little, a side gig for yours, but you're great at it, man. You really do have a knack and a skill, even though I usually beat you. Um, <laughs> you beat, hey, I won 20, I know. I won your league, but then you check. I thought starting pitchers were gold in that, that league. Yeah. And then I didn't and check I the settings. It. You changed the settings. I texted striker. I'm like, Hey, do these settings look different? Well, the biggest thing is like real baseball. You have to yeah. have at least a complete game to do it because yeah i just i made two little tweaks i don't know if i liked it don't know if i'm gonna do it uh next year but it still doesn't matter because i want it um no, but a guy I, like I told everyone i was making the changes but you're really good at football you're really good at baseball and you, you're up to date there was so many you're that guy in every league that like i'll be like oh man i'm gonna go pick this up p person up and then i'll go and i'll see where's that person i'll see you have them like friggin'. and i i love to trade i love yeah. to trade. i'm always constantly um, Not the best offers, everybody, if you're in a league with him. Oh, well, likewise. To benefit him. Just, he's a shark. He's one of those guys. It's just a shark. <laughs> but, yeah, no, you were in my uh, my NL only league last year, and that was super deep. That was a little yeah. deep. But um, I love I love base. baseball. Baseball <clears> is my thing. I play football. That's a little more. You can get lucky in the playoffs. But baseball, uh, we do points league. And then rotisserie, I do two, an AL only and an NL only. And uh, I've been playing since 98, since, wow. yeah, 1998 was the first year I did it. Um, I remember we used to get weekly stats delivered. Just say to papers, it. yeah. Manila, yeah. And you had to have a player go on the DL to drop them. So. Wow. Much different rotisserie leagues back rotisserie, in the day. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
so now f- fast forward today because uh when, when i was thinking about uh you know who i wanted on and i saw you uh, and you got your own school now with uh ken Doan, another guy that uh i've known forever and to you know experience and passing your knowledge so tell um our listeners about that yeah uh it's through beyond wrestling which any wrestling fan kind of you know it's one of the the better and more prominent independents out there um beyond i started beyond wrestling is I wrestle as Thomas Santel the last five years, kind of a takeoff on George McFly, but pretty much like a retro grappler that grapples and wrestles and an entertaining twist to it. Um, You know, and Drew Cordero at Beyond, I was able, you know, the last, since 2019, I've worked for him. I've been a diehard Beyond guy. And then, Earlier in the year, he wanted to get something going with the school because he was he started Wrestling Open, which is a weekly uh, live TV show on IWTV um, every Thursday. And um, it wasn't really the time with my son. Uh, My son was probably six months at the time. And just we went. My wife and I went through some postpartum things and yes, it's real and it's okay to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but um uh, Ken called me. I was actually at a Beyond show wrestling Ray Jazz, and Ken called me and um we got to talking and he said, you know, I've been talking to Drew and we're thinking about doing this thing and in Worcester. I live in Worcester now because that's where my wife's from. Ken lives 15 minutes from me. We're both 15 minutes from here. Drew is awesome. Drew Drew gave us both because we both worked for Beyond starting in 2019. And people are like, what? You're bringing in these WWE rejects and whatnot and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, now fast forward three years and, uh, you know, Drew revitalized us in this business and uh, it's the right time. It's too good not to do it and to pass along what we've learned, all the things that I've talked about, all the different people that we learned from. Um, You know, Ken was in the ring with Ken Mondo Jeter, who has a school out in California, who we all keep in touch with. We're all in fantasy leagues or not. Um, you know, Ken was in there with Triple H, with Shawn Michaels, with Ric Flair. There's very few people left that can say that. I'm at another a super early age, man. At a super he early was the, age. I believe at the time he may have been the youngest hire. Uh, he was 18 because yeah, we both came up in New England and right yep. when he graduated, yeah. Um, but just that knowledge taking that and now Ken being back in the fold there and, and seeing, you know, what different promotions, different, what they want for TV, what um, just both of us knowing kind of the lay of the land and, and through beyond wrestling having, and just being on the Indies and through ring of honor and whatnot, knowing 
so many people on the AEW roster, so many people on the WWE roster, knowing these guys and girls that want to get to that level. And it's, it's, you know, it's the perfect time to, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to, there's just a lot of, it seems like everyone has a wrestling school now and, yeah, but it's also a place I, I'll break your own eyes. I, I mean, like you said, everybody who knows what Beyond is, it's a quality uh, yeah. company that working a lot and was giving opportunity to a lot of people. And like you said, the the things that you wish you had when you were signed, like working in front of people, coming up on the indies, every time you work with someone who's the shits, it actually makes you better because you're yeah. trying to have a good match with somebody who's not as good or yeah. mistakes that are made, and now you can help the next generation so they are prepared for when they do get that call and uh, or they get that opportunity. And, yeah, everything is there in place with IWTV, with the Wrestling Open every Thursday. Yep. It's a TV format. The matches are – the last two matches are maybe eight to ten minutes, but every match has a ten-minute time limit. It's usually like a six-minute TV match. So you're getting prepared for there with Ken and myself. You're going to learn how to work. You're going to learn how to work for the TV camera to work those matches. But more importantly, you're going to learn. Dr. Tom used to say wrestling's ice cream. Well, we're going to learn our basic vanilla first, and we're going to make it the best damn vanilla possible. And then once you learn that kind of like in the new Japan dojo, you learn a hand, you know, black yeah. tights, you do a Boston crab, you do a slam, a suplex, basics, um, getting back to, to helping people learn how to work. Listen, the wrestling, you're not going to, there, there, I understand there's certain matches you have to get over. You have to crash and burn. You got to do what you need to sometimes to get noticed. And, but, Coming out of wrestling school, you need to be able to protect yourself bumping in every type of situation. That Kowalski bump in a match, if it's your chance, you can't get hurt on that. You need to protect yourself. Right. And you need to be able to work because when you get that TV time cut, you need to think on the fly. And when I say working and calling it on the fly, that's if you go in there and I say, hey, you got six minutes, eight minutes. This is the finish. Go in there. Tell a story. At the very least, it's average. It's a C minus. And that's your floor. That's your floor with two people that can work. Then when you start taking what you do, the, the five or six things that make you unique and you add those in and you know how to tell someone stay here, move on this, register, sell, don't sell, you know, watch, watch the kick, turn all those working aspects. And you add into whatever works for you calling things or not. Um, yep. It's everything is there in place for guys and girls to get weekly TV time to learn with myself, with Ken, the people on Wrestling Open. I've had so many people, so many local workers who I've worked with, who I've come up with, who I've helped train, say, hey, I want to be a part of this. I want to come and help out in any way I can. 
And I'm just really excited. We're beyond Institute of Pro Wrestling. We're going to start it uh, in January. And uh, beyondwrestling at gmail.com is where you can reach out and inquire. And um, there's even, even if, say, being a wrestler isn't your thing. Well, there are so many other things production-wise there that you could learn from IWTV. You could be a ref. You could learn video production. Yeah. You could learn um, formatting and whatnot. And with you're myself, still doing something that you love, you're doing, and being you're a being, part of it. You're being a part of it. You're in the game, and you're doing something you love. And you never know where it's going to take you. So. And like I said earlier about the like seminars and stuff, Ken, a direct link to the WWE, he can see somebody like, oh, God, this person is perfect. Or, hey, we need this. If you think about who's he going to go to first, his people. Yeah. And it, it's all about the connections and the people you meet along the way. Um, how do people find you on socials? Uh, at Retro Grappler on Twitter. Um, I don't go on social media much. Uh, but I do promote now the school and stuff I have on there. Uh, my Thomas Santel Twitter at retro grappler. And then if you want to inquire about the school, uh, it is beyond wrestling at gmail.com. I think I got to go and change your uh, thing. Cause I may be following an old. <laughs> yeah, man, I am following an older. And older you did uh have i been following your hack forever oh i have a promise twitter too yeah that's what i'm following okay at retro grappler all right i'll yeah. go back to that one i'm gonna delete the other one um <laughs> well dude it was so nice catching up with you and uh yeah. anytime and also if you want to come on busted open eventually to once your school's open that'll be a great way to promote uh what you got going on and Absolutely. uh i'm happy you're still in the game and i'm happy uh you and i talk and from that, uh, I'm the injured guy to, like I said, I'd probably talk to you more about stupid things uh, because that's what wrestlers do. We uh, we hey, enjoy man. each other's company and have a lot of the same likes. We were, you were texting me when my, when I was in the hospital, my son was born, my wife was in there two weeks. You were telling me how, you know, you and your, your girls were in there for yeah. 16, 70 days, I think in the 16 or 17. Yeah. And, you know, asking me back in that football league and whatnot. Listen, it helps. I remember that stuff. And, uh, you know, there's a reason we've kept in touch for since 2004. So, um, and I'm coming for revenge next year in that yacht. <laughs> I'm, I'm way better than finishing sixth. Yeah. As long <laughs> as we all beat Striker, that's all that matters. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, and again, I'm happy for you and, uh, happy to plug whatever you, uh, got and retweet whatever you need. Uh, cause you and Ken are both my friends. So, uh, that's it. That's this week's episode of the house of hardcore podcast. I appreciate